Millions of people around the world have contracted the novel coronavirus, COVID-19. The pandemic has made for a fluid few months in North Texas. At just the beginning of March, there weren't any confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the area. Since then, cases have become plentiful, shelter-in-place orders have been enacted, and businesses have temporarily closed. With other cities and states across the country taking similar measures to slow the spread of the coronavirus, local food, art, and music scenes are taking a hard hit. You're listening to The Cobcast. I'm Cobb, and this is The Cast. Let's time travel a bit here. It's 2018, and we're at a venue in Denton called Dan Silverleaf. You might recognize some of this music. That's Rose Garden Funeral Party. And that's Feltonfur. The two bands were performing that night as a part of Thin Line, the annual film, photography, and music festival in Denton. Hello, I'm Randall. I play synthesizers in Feltonfur. I'm Jared Esses. I also play synthesizers in Feltonfur. My name is Alicia K. Pennington, and I sing and play guitar for Felton Fur. Awesome. We've, uh, we've all lived in Denton for at least probably about a decade now. Um, we've all enjoyed Thin Line in its different forms throughout the years. Uh, we were fortunate enough to play last year. Uh, we were fortunate enough to play this year. We got asked to play with Rose Garden Funeral Party here at Dan's. Uh, and, yeah. In March 2020, everything was just about set for Thin Line. Films were chosen, bands were booked at numerous venues, and the photo exhibits were just about ready to go up. It was around then that, under the guidance of the Centers for Disease Control, cities began tightening restrictions on the number of people that were allowed to gather at a time. Despite this, on March 12, Josh Butler, the festival director, told the Denton Record Chronicle that there were no plans of canceling any part of Thin Line. But a lot had changed when I spoke to him the next day. So we're canceling all music events, and we're moving as much of the film festival online as we can. The thinking was... All of our venues are small venues. In fact, the average capacity across all festival venues is less than 200. And so we felt at the time, and kind of leading up to yesterday, we felt like the risk was low. But eventually, it became clear that even though we were on the lower end of the risk spectrum, it, this is really for in the best interest of our community. You know, I mean, we would rather contribute to the safety of our patrons and not the potential hazard of our patrons. You know, I mean, I know there's no confirmed cases in Denton County right now. None of us expect that to hold up. You know, I mean, we're expecting a confirmed case any day now. If even one or two people spread it during the festival, that would just kind of be unacceptable. So best case scenario here, move everything we can online and, you know, live to fight another day. Thin Line later teamed up with Dallas Video Fest and organized virtual movie screenings and live Q&As with film directors whose work was featured in the festivals. Meanwhile, some of the music venues involved in Thin Line were still trying to make the concerts happen. 
Dan Silverleaf in Denton was one of them. I hopped on the phone with Molly McFarland, the venue's general manager and booking agent. She'd been busy trying to pull shows together in place of the Thin Line performances. Um, so basically what we're doing right now is just trying to keep those artists, uh, you know, working. Um, I know, I know quite a few of them, um, personally. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, if we can possibly have a band on stage, I would love to make it them since they were already looking forward to that. I mean, obviously we're not going to be able to pay them what Thin Line could, but as long as they're getting exposure, um, and we're keeping our stage filled as well. Hopefully things will go well. Um, I've heard a couple things about capacity and whatnot, and we're willing to cut down on capacity if need be, um, and then go from there, just keep it a clean space, and hopefully all my staff can, you know, pay their bills. <laughs> so I'm basically piecing together um, bands to create events out of the thin line ones who are still able to come play. Uh, I've had a lot of bands also cancel that we're going to South by, and so I've been having to fill those shows as well. I imagine this has uh, been kind of a, a struggle for you. Would, would you say that's yeah. the case? Yeah, uh, lots of lack of sleep and lots of stress, but I think that will be okay. I'm, I'm more concerned about um, you know my staff being able to have you know money to pay their bills. And if I don't have shows on our stage, then we don't really have a clientele. We have awesome, awesome regulars. Um, but, you know, that just isn't going to help us all survive, per se. Other area venues had canceled their concerts, so there were plenty of bands to book at Dan's. But McFarland said she was still worried about the virus. My only concern then is how can we keep everyone safe, um, you know, with the, with the pandemic going on. <laughs> right. It is it's getting pretty crazy out there. Yeah, it's it very scary. It's it's. I'm definitely riding the line of whether it's ethical to be open um, during this time. Right. Um, but we are such a small mom and pop spot that I don't know that we could survive if we were to shut down for the rest of the month. On March 18th, Dan's announced that it, like many other of the city's venues, would be closing its doors temporarily. I called Paul Slavens, a guy with a more than familiar voice to people in North Texas. Oh, how are you? Great, how about yourself? I'm all right, I'm all right, yeah. Very good. Facebooking. Your, your voice sounds a little hoarse. You know... Around about, what time is it, 4.20 or so in the afternoon, my voice tends to get a little hoarse. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh... A lot of people know Slavens through his years serving in the local music scene, playing with his band Ten Hands and various other projects. A lot of people know him for the Paul Slavens show, which airs every Sunday on KXT. But if you've ever found yourself at Dan Silverleaf on a Monday or Tuesday night, you might also know him as the spontaneous song generator. Generally, what happens uh, is I just set up, and because it's all improvisational, I, I don't ever really know if I'm going to have any musicians 
showing up to play with me or not. I don't call anybody and they don't tell me if they're showing up. Usually they just, people will show up and be in the band. So I'll either be by myself or with a few people playing in the band. And then, uh, basically it's pretty easy. I get up there and I tell people make, get a piece of paper, a bar napkin, whatever, write down a, a made up song title or really just kind of write whatever you want, but try to make it a song title. And then uh, they bring it up to the piano, and they put it on the piano. And uh, and then when I do it in Monday nights, I say whoever pays the most gets their song done first. So if somebody puts a $5 song up, and then somebody else puts a $6 song up, I do the $6 song first. And then uh, basically I pick whichever one has the most money with it, and I make that song up for them on the spot. And that's pretty much it. Slavens was set to play at Dan's the week that it closed. Well, um, I talked to Dan sometime during the weekend. And, you know, and he was always like, hey, man, you know, if you don't want to do it, absolutely. And, and we're not sure whether we're going to be open or not. That decision may be taken away from us. Um, and... So we kind of decided together, I don't know, sometime over the weekend. It was it was in that weird period where you're still going, well, is it okay, you know, if there's not going to, because there's not going to be anybody there? Because there's never, there's not usually very many people at my gigs on Monday night. You know, so it's like, there's only going to be 15 people. Is it, you know, and then at some point over the weekend, you start to get the idea. It's like, you know, no, uh, I don't think it better happen. So Slavens decided to take his weekly show online. And so uh, once I realized it hadn't, ha- it wasn't going to happen, you know, uh, I realized it didn't have anything to do on a Monday night. And I saw my friend Christy Kruger got online and did a little short uh, Facebook stream. And I was like, you know, I, I hadn't taken Facebook streaming very seriously until now. And then I realized that it could be a platform for me to do my thing. Despite a handful of technical issues, Slavin says his first live stream performance of the pandemic was a success. I got on for an hour and a half right at my normal show time from 10 to 11.30 and had hundreds and hundreds of people checked it out. I made some money and and uh, I, I just had bad technical problems was the only thing. The test went very well, but then I started having problems. Uh, so it's either on my end or it's on Facebook's end. And so I'm trying to suss that out, and I'm thinking about going online for a while tonight and just freaking out on my kill-the-world electronic stuff. It's like as long as I'm here and everybody's stuck in their houses and this is what I'd be doing anyway, you know, if I can just turn on a Facebook stream and interact with people, you know, and play music for them, it's just like having my own channel kind of at my house, you know. If you want to tune in and see what I'm doing, there it is. Slavens wasn't the first artist to live stream performances during the pandemic, and he wouldn't be the last either. You already are, but you're going to see a huge explosion of people doing online concerts and performances, uh, and I think that's great. In the next couple of months, more and more acts began live streaming their performances, not just in North Texas, but around the world. I know the, uh... 
should last for a pretty long time. Yeah, well, I think that that's one thing we're going to find out about this whole deal is that some things are going to end and some other things are going to begin that had never been before. I'm Jacob Vaughn, a journalist based out of North Texas. Some people call me Cobb. And this is the Cobbcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>